So uh, let's go ahead and jump into this. So I want to thank both of you for joining me today. For those who might not be familiar with uh, both of you, can you take a moment to explain who you are and what you do? One caveat, though. Let's do this off-the-cuff promo style. So that, that includes you, Haley. Uh, but, so I have, to kind of, I have to cut a promo. Yeah, you have to cut a promo. On who? Oh, just just on, explaining yourself. On Tristan. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. Cut a promo on me. That's fine. That's fine. That was actually one of my questions was, you know, I wasn't quite sure because Ophidian is, it's, it's a one name kind of deal, right? And then sometimes the Cobra is tacked on, so I wasn't sure if, if Haley Jane the Cobra would be the... Uh, uh, or Mrs. the Cobra. Mrs. the Cobra, yes. Uh, uh, so, so... Well, on, technically the, the full name is Ophidian the Cobra, but in some circles the Cobra isn't needed. Gotcha, gotcha. All Ophidian right. speaks for itself. Yes. It does. Uh, so, congratulations on your upcoming nuptials. Um, oh, thank you. How, how's the wedding planning coming? You think for being the producer of so many events um, and so many different states that I would be better at this kind of thing, but uh, it's actually surprisingly difficult. Yeah. Um, especially because Mr. The Cobra here is pretty much set on just letting me have whatever I want and doesn't exactly like to give his opinion on things. So, I think that's pretty typical of the male counterpart. Sometimes. I'm sorry? I, th- I think that's pretty typical of the male counterpart. <laughs> well, I want so simple. I want what she wants. She wants me to be happy. And, and this, is why, but, um, this is why the marriage is going to work, right? <laughs> uh, we both want each other to be happy and successful in our various careers um, and pursuits. So I think that's what makes the relationship work versus others that we've been in previously. Okay. Uh, how did you guys meet? Oh, we, we met there. here. Okay, what is that one? See, I don't know if you can see here on well, no. the camera. This is Ophidian. When uh, he's, this is, you're 21 in this picture? Uh, one or two. 21 or 22. And then this is me, 
at 17 with a shaved head up here playing the accordion. <laughs> and we met at this show, Squared Circle Squared Review, Circle, a yeah. theater bazaar in Detroit. Um, we're both from Pennsylvania, but, well, he's from Egypt, but by way of Pennsylvania. So we're both based out of this area um, originally, but then I moved to Detroit. And we met in Detroit, and then I moved back when we started dating okay. uh, a couple years ago. Okay. Yes, we've known each other for years on yeah. our, due to the show, but it wasn't until a little over a year and a half ago where things really came together. And I know you guys have done a, a several of these uh, Squared Circle Review shows, right? Uh, can, can you explain a little bit about what Squared Circle Review is? Oh, Squared Circle Review is the world's only rock and wrestling circus, yes. It's a circus wrestling event with some burlesque, some music, sometimes some sideshow, sometimes some aerial performances. Basically, it incorporates wrestling and a variety show put together in the same, in a similar way that like Mondo Lucha or Lucha Boom has, but more focused on the circus storylines and the circus characters. The, uh, the Cobra tagline, I actually kind of got from these guys. And it's actually Ophidia and the Snake is how yes. he spilled that, but, but then he ended up using the Cobra later on. Gotcha. Um, but you have uh, Pogo the One-Legged Boy. Yeah. Uh, uh, Glenn Dodd, the Bearded Lady. Um, Half-bearded lady, half-man. Yes, yes. Uh, The human snake, Ophidian, yes, and uh, so many more. Uh, There, it's all freak show, uh, what would be freak shows turned into pro wrestlers. Yes, freak show acts, uh, side shows. And I was the human marionette. Okay. Yeah, I think I've seen that that act of yours, too, on YouTube, and you had something posted on there. Lucha Vavoom, have you guys done any work with Lucha Vavoom? No, but Man, would I love to. I would absolutely love to work with Lucha Vavoom. Yeah, so I, I would love to work there. Yeah, so I say we get you guys booked on Lucha Vavoom. We'll work on that. that would be great. <laughs> I was disappointed when they came out to the East Coast. They did a, a tour with the with Warped Tour. They were traveling with them, and uh, they used a lot of local performers, but I wasn't able to uh, jump on that bill. Mm-hmm. Um, Aphidian, how long have you been wrestling? Since the beginning of time. Yes, yeah, since the beginning of time. I actually invented professional wrestling. Um, no, um, professionally at least for almost eight years now. God, you're old. Okay. Yes. I feel old. I'm a little broken. And, <laughs> and Haley, how long have you been doing burlesque? I've been um, doing burlesque for five years, but I've been studying for seven. Okay. And what, is the, what does that involve, studying for, I guess, two extra years? Um, well, well, I mean, I, I discovered burlesque when I was 16. Okay. So I wasn't legally old enough to perform striptease, and I basically was just sitting in my bedroom, vibrating with the need to get naked in front of strangers that's a, that's a um, for two years, <laughs> just swallowing literally every piece of information I could about burlesque in the modern scene and burlesque history and anything I could find. And then when I turned eighteen, less than two months later, I started performing. So okay. Um, our, our audience is primarily wrestling fans. Um, one of the things I always harp on, though, is that wrestling is a performance art um, at its core. And it just so happens that it's a really bizarre performance art, right? Uh, and bur- burlesque is the same deal. It's a, it's, it's a bizarre performance art. 
since most of our audience is primarily wrestling fans, could you maybe explain what burlesque is or maybe what burlesque means to you? Well, um, I have two answers for this question. One is the answer that I give when I'm working my muggle day job and people say, oh, what's burlesque? And I say it's theatrical 1940s-style striptease that focuses more on the journey than the destination. So it's striptease, but it's not about nudity. It's about how you get there, on the story involved, and... Commander Winslow. Commander Winslow. He's busy doing kid stuff. Um, but it's it's basically the the journey versus the destination. Like where what you would find at a modern strip club is more about uh, the body being revealed, and burlesque is how you reveal the body. But my kind of uh, my soundbite about burlesque is burlesque is the art of maintaining class and dignity with as little clothing on as possible. <laughs> I like the tagline. Very good. Uh, how did you end up in burlesque? I guess you kind of explained that, that you were interested in it. but Yeah, I my mom was a theatrical costumer. I was always the one who got, who, who was, uh, suggested we go skinny dipping in high school. Like I was always like, the let's get naked girl. Everyone was like, nah, I don't want to. And I was like, well, I'm still going to. Uh, and I, my mom was a theatrical costumer. I was in acting my entire life as well as music, I'm a musician, or I was a musician, and I found burlesque, and it was basically all the things I loved about theater in one performance art. I could, from beginning to end, craft my entire performance. I could make the music, I could choreograph it, I could make the costume, I could perform it, and it was the entire, all the energy of a rock show in about four to six minutes. Are you going to take care of that? Commander Winslow. Cats and bags. Yeah. <laughs> he wants to be close to us, but he also wants to make as much noise as possible. It's an excellent name for a cat, by the way, Commander Winslow. I like <laughs> it. <Yeah. laughs> um, so I found all it was all these different pieces put together of things I loved about various types of theater, and it was something I could do. I'm a I'm a megalomaniac. I want to do everything myself, and I trust very few other artists. So when it comes to burlesque, I can do. Ac- Everything I can literally do all the things, and uh, I, it's not only accepted but encouraged. Also, that. <laughs> so, perusing your website, I saw something about Renaissance fairs. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? I'm, I'm really intrigued by that. <laughs> um, I was I started performing at, or working at Ren fairs when I was thirteen, turning fourteen. Yeah, that sounds about right. Thirteen, turning fourteen. And then I've been, I've performed and worked at various capacities, whether it's vending or, or acting or playing music or doing a stage show, uh, various festivals and fairs. I, I got into it because um, my parents got married at the Rowan Fair when I was eight. And I remember, my mom's not that big of a nerd, but she still got married at the Renaissance Fair because she just liked it there, I guess. I don't really know what the deal was there, but um, my mom got married at the rent fair and I told her when I was eight years old that she should get a job there so I could work there. <laughs> I never was a consumer of the media that was presented at Renaissance Fairs, but I can remember from a young age always wanting to be a part of it. And I think it was that idea of getting to be an actor without having to memorize anything. Yeah. Like you could say all the things that you wanted to say but still be uh, larger than life. Yeah. 
and, Which and, I guess there's an element of that in, in wrestling, too. Yes. And, and so now you've kind of gotten to, I guess, a point where you're actually producing shows, right? Yes. Uh, how did how did that come about? Um, again, the whole Meg Michael and Michael in my life. I wanted to do everything, and fortunately, I found um, a fantastic co-producer, my best friend, Miss Liberty Rose, who I run shows with out of Philadelphia. Um, <laughs> and what was the um, Clockwork Orange poster I saw? That oh, that's also to. her. That's the upcoming show on the twenty first of December. Um, that, that's the Stanley Kubrick burlesque we're doing. Okay. Well, she's doing it. She's the one who produces that show. I don't co-produce that. I just end up being at all of them because she doesn't like having dressing rooms without me in them. Okay. Um, so do you guys help each other in the development of your craft? Does Ophidian lend advice maybe to help you be a better burlesque dancer? Maybe Haley offers advice that makes you a better wrestler. I teach her burlesque moves all the time. Yeah. <laughs> like this one. This, this is my favorite burlesque move. This one right here. She needs it. Clearly, she has no. I have no rhythm. No. I'm really bad at dancing. I don't know how I managed to get this far. I'm the world's best dancer. If you've yeah. seen any of my matches, uh, I mean, yeah. I can really cut a rug out there. So, uh, you know, it's my job as the man of the relationship to teach. Uh, the woman. Man. <laughs> you lost me there. Like, you went on some weird rant that I really wasn't. <laughs> that was, that, that got weird. That got weirder than normal. Uh, but as you said earlier, uh, you know, the two very strange, very unique uh, performance arts, um, but despite how uh, out of the ordinary they are, burlesque and pro wrestling is very similar Uh and the way the performance happens, and the uh, the way uh, they hit their plot points, you know, the way they evolve and uh, and come to fruition. Okay. So uh, we're able to share absolutely a lot about our professions together, and uh, and ideas and suggestions and how to better our performances. A lot of what draws us to our, our crafts individually is what um, is what we have in common, in that. Um, uh, Ophidian is driven to, or is um, motivated in his matches by the psychology of it, and I am motivated in my performances as a dancer by the psychology behind uh, social interaction involving, involving striptease. So we have a lot of similar uh, elements of crowd interaction, and um, <laughs> he's totally destroyed with us. We try to make it look all nice, like we aren't living in squalor. Look, there's a person that he wants to get to know you. Commander Winslow, awesome. I see. I only thought I was, <laughs> and he ran away so fast. <laughs> He's like, absolutely not. I hate you. All right, uh, to switch gears a little bit. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the Egyptian Destroyer. Uh, so for those who don't know what the Egyptian Destroyer is, it's, it's a flip pile driver. It's a really, really unique move, very exciting to see uh, actually performed. Um, uh, where did you, I guess, maybe pick that up, or were you was that trained, or did you teach yourself that? Well, I can't say the original flip pile driver was invented by me. Right, right. right. I did pick it up a level. I definitely did take it up a notch. Um, I'm a big advocate of 
talent borrows and genius steals. Uh, so I have no, no issues and no problems with borrowing, but stealing from pop culture and, uh, and allowing you to see my influences and what I do. Um, the flip aisle driver uh, is not something that you can just teach yourself even. It's not something that you can necessarily practice over and over and over again. Uh, you just have to commit to it, you know, like skydiving. You know, you can't just practice jumping out of a plane. You just gotta do it. Well, actually, you can do that now. Well, I mean, you could. <laughs> you have the tunnels, yeah. Yeah, like there's, there's skydiving places yeah. you can practice. Yeah. Like well, they you kind of kill it. Yeah. <laughs> I think she should um, be at your side for every promo just to undercut you every single time. <laughs> I'm not a fan of that. I have no idea. <laughs> I have a hard enough time cutting promos around her. <laughs> First time you did it? Um, no, no. The first time I did it on tape, on camera, uh, Ford Shakara uh, was against Lise Dorado. Okay. Uh, in a ta- not yes, in the tag team title defense against uh, the future is now. It was uh, me and a Scorpion when Amas was without was out with injury against Equinox and Lise Dorado, and uh, it was the first fall that I uh, grabbed over that team. Okay. Uh, so you're, you're also a trainer at the Wrestle Factory, right? Um, yes. Uh, what advice do you find yourself giving new students, maybe like commonly, like the most common type of advice that you would give them? One thing people seem to forget, seem to not realize that your training is never complete. Regardless of whether you've trained with five different schools around the world, you know, you've trained for ten years, or you've only been training for one year, a month, a week. Right? Your training is truly never complete. You must always continue to perfect your craft, always continue to better yourself, because there's always somebody coming up from behind you that wants it more than you, that's willing to train that day when you're not training, that's willing to lift that extra pound at the gym or run that extra mile. Uh, you must always be willing to better yourself so you can retain your spot and not lose it. Um, to be honest with you, the, the day you're done training, the day you're truly saying, well, I've learned all that there is, I don't need to better myself, is the day you sh- you're ready to hang up your boots. Um, and, and so kind of in that same... That day should never come. Kind of in that same vein, uh, so you, you study martial arts, correct? Yes. Um, was, was that something you did before you started training, or something you've continued after 
it was hard to do both at the same time. Uh, I've trained in uh, Taekwondo, Gojo Ru, and Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, uh, all combined together for about seven years. I never trained in one martial art long enough to master it. I've just learned it to know what the basics are, to train in that style, and to, to learn the techniques to better myself. And to be able to incorporate some of those basics into pro wrestling and into my training regimen and the training regimen that uh, I've instilled or helped instill on the students. Because I can't say I'm the head trainer. There are many trainers at the school. I just happen to be one of them. Um, And it's allowed me, again, to better myself, better my career, and also better the pupils at the factory, the trainees. Yes. Is there um, is there something that people should know uh, if they're interested in training for the first time before going into it? It's gonna hurt a lot. <laughs> that's, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good we one. We had a. Um, I'm sorry. Do you mind if I talk about Dre? Please. Um, we had a a student staying with us from overseas. He was from Switzerland. Switzerland, yeah. The Swiss. Um, his name was Andrea, but we ended up calling him Dre. Dre Swiss. Dre Swiss. Um, and he was staying with us for, uh, three months, two months, and he would come, because Ophidian was training very heavily at that point, um, you were going three nights a week, I think, two or three nights a week week at the school, four, four to five days a week at the gym as well, on top of that. Um, and I remember Dre coming home with Ophidian from the gym and from training every day and being like, no. No, I can't. No more, please. Never again. I want. I don't know if I want to wrestle. But then when he did master something, he felt so proud. Like, he was so... I can't say complete, because he wasn't complete, but he, there was a sense of, uh... Accomplishment? I not this good word to a- describe this. A- accomplishment? Feeling. Yes, accomplishment. Thank you. <laughs> Why is that so difficult for us? Because we're not accomplished people. Uh... <laughs> Burn on us. Burn yourself. Whatever this means. Whatever the hell this I'm sorry, I didn't mean to swear. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. Okay. I did watch one of your interviews with uh, Dr. Colonel Angus. Yeah, that was our our first video interview. We've done a couple before that, but that was the first video one. by taking a shot. Okay. Yeah. That's how the, you know, that's kind of thing. I think letting hell slip out. Okay, I don't know. I, I mean, I always get... Yes. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's absolutely it. Uh, I mean, he's, he had previously trained over in Switzerland. He came over here to continue his training with us, um, and it was very. Despite the fact that he had trained for a year over in Switzerland, it's different. It was almost like starting over from scratch for him over here. Yeah, um, he had never really went to the gym, uh, which I had no problem taking him to. You know, letting him come with me to the gym on a daily basis. He had a problem with it, but uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, that's a different story, and, uh, you know, taking him uh, to the school, you know, multiple nights a week, um, so he got to live, you know, that life just training almost every day, yeah. and uh, by the end of it, I mean, most of what he couldn't do, you know, he couldn't work out every day, his body was just ravaged and destroyed, but by the end of, you know, his two and a half months he spent with us here, he was in better shape, you know, he was, he was, uh, he had better stamina, he had better stamina, he was, uh, he had a lot of social anxiety he came over here with, and he was just so alive, and, and happy, and, and sociable, and, and active, and, and sarcastic, and you could just see it in his presence, his aura had completely changed after being here, and training, uh, on a, you know, on a daily basis, 
um, he carried himself with a with that sense of accomplishment. Oscar like, you know, I've done something. He looks super fine. And he did get a haircut. Yes. He looked really good. Um, he had just <laughs> completely changed as a human being, and it was awesome to see that. It was awesome to see that development over those those months that he spent here, uh, to see him change as a person. And it's it's a it's amazing that sense of accomplishment just training can give you. He didn't have a match over here. He just you know trained with us, and it was it makes you feel good as somebody who helped facilitate that. Right. Uh, so, so one of the real interesting things about following Ophidian online is the whole masked in public thing. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit. You know what I mean? Waka waka. So, what was your first uh, masked in public experience? Uh, I will post the picture because I never have. But I have the picture. Excellent. Um, there was a uh, show in Richmond uh, called Richmond Lucha Libre, which was one of those death metal, hardcore wrestling combination shows. Um, so Same we, thing? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> they told this story, a little side note, that uh, one of the heroic babyface characters on their show uh, was so good at being a babyface that he was stabbed by one of the death metal kids with a bottle at one of their shows. Oh my god. Wow. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, so it was one of these kind of experiences here. It was uh, a show How's that... How's a category of experience that you have? Why is... Oh yeah, this guy got stabbed at one of these shows. What are the categories that... You know what? Forget it. <laughs> Keep telling your story. This is back in June of 2007. <laughs> um, so I had the old floppy... You know, ear Ophidian mask. Elephant mask? The original Ophidian mask. And I decided it'd be a whole lot of fun to go into the death metal crowd mosh in, you know, with, uh, in masked in public. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I did. And there's a photo of me uh, getting railed and falling on the floor, just staring up at the sky on concrete floor. <laughs> um, that's the first picture of me ever masked in public. Um, I was a bit exhausted after wrestling in the decided to jump into a mosh pit. Uh, wasn't the smartest idea I've ever had. But you were like 20, so... But I had a blast doing it. <laughs> so, so this is a good segue into the next question, um, which is, has Mastin Public ever gotten you in trouble? Uh, it's never gotten me in, like, I've been locked up kind of Right, trouble. right. Uh, <laughs> but it's definitely gotten me weird stares and uh, cat calls and... Uh, yeah, yeah. Cat calls. love the snake. Cat calls. I, I'll be honest, this is a story that I, I, I tend to relate to people, that the first moment that I noticed I was attracted to him was we were at Squared and Circle, and it was 2010. This is before we got together, but it was when I was like, this guy should get on the dick. But he was <laughs> drinking a beer, and the, the mask didn't have uh, the, the kind of mesh that he has or now, so he can drink through this mask, but he couldn't drink through that one, and he lifted the mask up and drank the PBR and then put it back down, and I was just like, oh, your commitment to kayfabe is exhilarating. <laughs> okay, can we can we rewind a little bit? Can we talk about drinking through a mask, because I didn't know that was a thing either. <laughs> oh, yes. I continue to do it this entire conversation. That's amazing. <laughs> Um, so is there going to be some mast in public going on at your wedding? I mean, 
probably yeah. it's inevitable. Yeah, there's no way around it. <laughs> even if really. I didn't want it to happen, it would still happen. <laughs> it happens at my shows all the time, even when I don't want it to happen. Wait, and again, this is another good good segue. Um, how do you feel about the Mastin Public thing, Haley? Um, I mean, I he's had to deal with me walking around the city in clown makeup, like or full of burlesque gear. So it's really no different. Yeah. Um, I just get touched more. Whereas he doesn't like, he's like, because he has the mask, he's unapproachable. Like, we had an experience where we went to a Wawa where, near, near his old house, and I was in clown makeup, and like, this crew of dudes just decided that it was time to hug me and take pictures with me for like 30 minutes. That's weird. And so, I mean, we both, we both deal with it. It's not a... Yeah, where she gets approached, I get parents yelling at me to stay away from their kids before they punch me in their face. That's really... <laughs> punch me in the face walking down south street uh in complete uh gimmick um tights top you know mask everything uh i've had which it's you're a moron if you're bringing your, your little two-year-old kid on south street in a stroller south street not a place for little ones uh but i've had parents yell at me for making their young child cry just walking past them <laughs> I, of course i'm not to go to your two-year-old that's i mean that's common sense i'm not gonna Scream at your two-year-old, you know, you're not at a show. I don't know you. I'm not going to approach you. It's not my fault your kid is a big old baby and can't handle a man in a state mask walking down the street. <laughs> it is just a street, though. Like, I mean, that's stupid that they yell at you, but they're not more at having strollers. I think that's probably going to be the well, tagline I... of this video is, is it's not my fault that your kid is a big old baby. <laughs> Quote of Fiddy and the Cobra. But I, I mean, whereas he's gotten stuff like that, I've gotten yelled at in the street for being dressed too scandalously, even though I'm just in, like, a dress or whatever. So. Ophidian, have, uh, you, had, have you had to step in and uh, crack some skulls? There's never been an occasion yet where uh, we've had to body slam a fool, but uh, I'm I sure. I honestly don't think you would. I really don't think you would if, if the occasion came up. I don't think you would confront anybody. Absolutely would. I don't think so. You'd never give me a reason to. I don't think you would. Would you like to test the theory? Of that? <laughs> <laughs> I need some help over here. I don't think you would. I don't think you're friends with anybody. Well, well, luckily... Well, you'd give me a reason to. Haley and Jane can pretty much handle herself. She did live in Detroit. I believe that, yeah. For five years. Yeah. Right? Not far from eight miles. This little lady. <laughs> I, lived in some, I lived in State Fair in Woodward. Across the street was the abandoned fairgrounds, and it was full of coyotes. Awesome. Actual coyotes, like that's not a gang. It's like actual coyotes lived there. Awesome. Uh, so, so like one of the best photos I saw you post was uh, in front of some shop in Philly called Suplex. I don't even know what it is exactly. Um, uh, but neither do I. <laughs> but it's with your uh, your tag team partner from the Assyrian Porter Amasis. Um, and he's delivering a suplex to you on the street while some man looks at you through the window of the storefront. And I don't, it, it couldn't have been a better timed picture the way it is. And we'll have to post it with this, with this, uh, with this interview, but, uh, it, it's, it's amazing. Um, <clears throat> so, so on the topic of Amasis, um, you guys have been around for, for a long time, I guess several centuries, right? Um, how, how did you guys end up in the present day? Oh, man, that's a very long story. I'll try my best to contain it, uh, you know, within a half hour here. Um, but, you know, I can really go on for days um, with that story. The answer's magnets. Magnets, all right, good enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Thank you. Oh. <laughs> it's magnets. It's magnets. Work? Magnets. How do magnets work? Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll ask ICP and they'll get back to us and and we'll go from there. They don't want to know. They don't want to talk to no scientists. Y'all motherfuckers lie. No scientists, please. I've known Amos my whole life. Okay. Uh, um, and uh, it, it just made sense to travel through the portal and to the ECW arena, um, where Shakara was, uh, where we came to Shakara, where it was located at. Um, the training facility there with PWU and CZW. There were multiple schools at the ECW arena. PWU is a pro wrestling unplugged. It was a Trent Acid and Johnny Cashmere's promotion. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and uh, our first experiences with live pro wrestling was at the ECW arena. You know, being there live, seeing it, feeling it in person, uh, kind of being sucked into the moment, you know, by having, watching a man in front of you, in front of the guard, only having a guard separate you, getting smashed with a chair, or in some instances getting thrown into the crowd, you know, going through tables and getting smashed with beer cans. And that's, that's an experience you can't replicate anywhere else in no other building. I'm not saying hardcore wrestling or, or things of that nature don't exist anywhere else, but having it happen at the ECW arena uh, is an experience bit. like no other. Yeah. Uh, so it it was only natural that we would uh, train at that facility after watching the gladiators do battle in that building. Okay. Um, so kind of on the same vein, um, there, were, there was a video that went viral. It was called the, the most, or sorry, most illegal thing I've seen in the history of wrestling. Um, and, and in that video, you guys are... I don't are... know about this. I've never heard of this video. <laughs> I've never heard of this video that you speak of. I have no idea what it is. <laughs> what is this? What's this that he's talking about? I've never heard of this. There, there's a lot of... What is computer? What is computer? How does computer work? <laughs> a lot of excellent breakdancing, uh, a little hypnosis going on. Call that excellent breakdancing. <laughs> <laughs> well, breakdancing. <laughs> it exists. Yeah, it existed. And it was something that happened. And some people saw it. You <laughs> And it got kind of big, kind of fast. Um, how did that change things for you guys? Yes, for the better and the worse. There's no such thing as bad publicity. We were the first, at least of this generation, to really have a video of a non-Alcohol Wrestling show wrestling match that was nothing to do with pro wrestling. Um, because hypnosis and breakdancing, uh, according to some people, is not pro wrestling. Nothing to do with wrestling. I mean, you know, I think wrestling is hypnosis and Dancing. It is of a wrestling match. Well, it wasn't the wrestling maneuvers that got the video viral. Right. It wasn't, oh man, we hit some crazy Egyptian destroyer. Right. Look at how cool this move is. Let's send it all over the internet. You know, you had Greg Excellent taking his pants off and dancing in his underwear. <laughs> and Joe Gacy doing a head slide. Uh, uh, that that head slide like, was amazing, though. More Absolutely. Under the rim, popular made it viral was not a pro wrestling match. It wasn't a pro wrestling move. It was uh, how how outrageous the things happening inside of a pro wrestling ring were. Truly outrageous. Truly, truly, truly outrageous. I'm wearing glitter fashion and fame. Dev is my name. <laughs> Dev is my name. I don't. I would sing the theme song, but I don't remember it. Truly outrageous. Truly, truly, truly outrageous. 
That's all I remember, really. Sorry. Same with the holograms? Yes. That's the name of the show she's uh, quoting. Everyone knows. Everyone knows what I'm saying. You know, or not that much, right? It's Jim and the hologram. Yes, all the ladies that are watching this, or that will watch this, they will know. Um, All right, moving on. (laughs) It was great that that happened. Um, But uh, also, because of that, um, you know, we're kind of, uh, people thought of us as one-trick ponies. You know, that's the only reason why, like, you know, we're not actually wrestlers. We're just dudes that can only, you know, do a gimmick. Um, But pro wrestling is about entertainment. Pro wrestling is about uh, giving you something to remember, creating a memorable moment, you know, when you're there live experiencing it, and, uh, uh, I mean, that's, that's pro wrestling, it's entertainment, that's what the definite, you know, that's what entertainment is, and, uh, I think we, we did that pretty damn well. Yeah. <clears throat> so, have, um, I, have you guys been booked together? I guess you've been booked on Square Circle Review first, um, other shows, though, have you been booked as a, as a couple? Not really, No. No. I mean, we did that one uh, sex patient follies together, but we weren't booked as a couple. Yeah, we did a burlesque show together. A strictly burlesque, no wrestling involved. Well, the wrestling did happen. It did happen, but it wasn't a wrestling show. So, so uh, Ophidian shed his skin on stage? Um. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> actually, he actually video online because he appeared fully nude. Oh, boy. <laughs> No, I don't know. Viggo Mortensen, it's a uh, uh, David Cronenberg movie. Well, there's a scene in that film where Viggo Mortensen is in a bathhouse. And, you know, when you're in a bathhouse, you're going to be naked. You're in a bathhouse. You know, that's just, he was in the steam room. It's a really fabulous nude fight scene starring Viggo Mortensen and Ophidian made Viggo Mortensen, and I played the hitman. Gotcha. Yes. So, so Viggo Mortensen was nude in the movie, and if he's nude, i, I got to be nude, too. So... <laughs> This lady, she's got a wicked tornado DDT. I do. I'm sorry, a whirlwind DDT. <laughs> whirlwind comes from the side, spins around the head. The tornado DDT starts... I mean, I know this because it's mine, but... Yeah. You didn't walk up a wall, you spun around my head circles. Yes. <laughs> I don't know the names of moves. You think that from being engaged to a wrestler that I'd be better at knowing what the things mean, but I don't. I mean... I don't know any, I don't know the name of anything. I really don't. If you, you could do it, like, you know when you do those videos where it's like, what does this word mean in your language? What does this word mean in your language? Like, between the English and the, and the Americans? If you showed me videos of, um, wrestling moves, I would just try to describe them, like, perfectly. It would be like, it would be a total miscommunication. Like, I wouldn't even... You'd be like, this is this. And I'd be like, does that mean this? You'd be like, no, it's the opposite. you go the other way and all those things. And you put your life in the air and stuff. And I didn't know. And I'm really not good at memorizing wrestling moves. I know Kyle Driver because we discussed that one the other day. <laughs> uh, so, so you've never done any valet work for Ophidian then? I've just since for a circle the one time. Okay. Um, Technically twice. Technically twice. But I don't really consider that first time you being your valet because I was part of like a harem. Okay, so with, with both of you guys performing, uh, is it difficult for you guys to, to see each other? Do you guys try to get booked in the same, like, general locations? Or, I guess, well, I guess 
um, Haley, you're, you're actually running your own promotions, so um, maybe you run promotions in other locations that Ophidian wrestles in, anything like that? That'd be awesome. I don't have my goal yet. Um, I, uh, sometimes we try to get booked. It's never happened that it actually worked, like where I've had something traveling and he's tried to get booked near me. So that way it, it helps us with the weekend or whatever. Mm-hmm. We've never actually been able to make it work. But we always attempt to if one of us travels and one of the other one wants to go with um, them. Uh, but we we live together, so we see each other all the time, like every day. Okay. We pretty make pretty sure that we are in the same bed at the end of the night. Cool. Right, so... It's just quite difficult at the beginning of a relationship when you're trying to establish one uh, where, oh, hey, I'm going to be out here for the weekend. Oh, I'm going to be over here for a week. Yeah, when we started dating, I left the seat for like three weeks and then two weeks within like a month and a half, two months. And that was a little bit weird because we had just started seeing each other and then I left for three weeks Then I was back and I was like, so is this still happening? And it was like a weird, um, it was a little bit strange, but... Uh, as far as the tra- traveling thing, it's only become difficult when he's gotten injured on the road. That's only when there's, like, an issue as far as the travel. Because otherwise, I mean, we text each other and message each other constantly no matter where we are. We're those annoying couples that are just in constant contact 24-7, even when we're not around each other. Um, but it's only really, the travel stuff is only really difficult when, one, when we're both working which we haven't been recently because I've dealt with health issues and he's been dealing with his injury. Um, and two, when it's busy season for either one of us. So, like, during the summer, it'll get a little bit more okay. um, hard to see each other, I guess. Uh, I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about United Allies and the upcoming show on New Year's Eve. <clears throat> well, that right there yep. is a propaganda poster for the international government known as United Allies. Oh, there's the poster. United Allies. Because we care. Um, United Allies is an international global government organization that has uh, established total control over the planet Earth in the year 2056 and is trying to control overpopulation. So we are holding the last burlesque show on Earth. So we are bringing that show from the end of the world to now. Uh, to, uh, this New Year's Eve and holding this huge uh, interactive theatrical event. Awesome. On uh, 31st. So, um, that's probably more information than I've told literally anybody in any sort of media so far. So, guard it with life. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, Alright, so we have one last question from uh, at aka John Wayne on Twitter. Uh, and, the, and the question was for Ophidian, uh, why snake style? How did you maybe develop snake style? Uh, as I stated earlier, uh, Thomas Barrow is a genius field. Yes, yes, yes. And while I didn't exactly steal snake style from somebody else, uh, it was the movie Fantasy Venoms that inspired me to proceed with snake style. Uh, Yes, yes, yes. The second master in the movie, Five Deadly Venoms, was 
Yeah, got sat on it. Let it incubate, marinate. And uh, like that last thing. And it's 100% not how snakes do. It's like so wrong. We, then we get a little baby egg snake thing and, and yeah, let it incubate in the egg chicken. and it hatched. Snakes lay eggs. Yeah, but they don't, they don't incubate. What do you know? They're cold as fuck. You're cold blooded! <laughs> Alright, so we, we talked a little bit about uh, United Allies. Um, are, is there any other upcoming shows, events you guys want to plug? Uh, we have the uh, Stanley Kubrick Burlesque on December 21st. Um, I mean, I have so many shows. I have like seven performances coming up uh, for the rest of the month, or eight performances coming up for the rest of the month. And you can find them on my Facebook. Uh, I have a little banner thing that says all the dates and stuff. I have to this weekend at facebook.com slash I am Haley Jane A-J-Y-L-E-Y-J-A-N-E but if you're going to come to any shows the Stanley Kubrick is going to be an awesome one uh, Miss Fru and Haley Jane put on an awesome show without a doubt even though that's not technically a show I'm going to produce her but it is an awesome show For, I mean if you happen to be in Philadelphia on December 31st United Allies you know can be there when they destroy the world it's true yeah it's yeah. Awesome. And I also have on tour in New York on the 20th, I'm doing a Ferris Bueller burlesque show. <laughs> on the 22nd, I'm going to be in New Hope with Unholy Sunshine Show. On the 23rd, I'm going to be in Bethlehem at Diamonds for their anniversary show. Uh, this weekend, I'm doing December 13th is uh, Carnival Christmas at the Carbon Collective. And December 14th is another show at Diamonds. It's the monthly show you there in Bethlehem. And I am Tony Weekly of Trapdoor, the man who wrote the Chikara theme, one of the Chikara themes may be there, his lady is, so. I am currently out with injury, and this aircast right here is, uh, you know, it's, I will be out with injury, unfortunately, until, uh, mid to late January. My, my weekend back, uh, into pro wrestling, to the world of pro wrestling will be, uh, February 2nd. Uh, national for or February first. I'm actually the day. It's one of those two. First or second? Well, January thirty first is a Friday, so I guess it's February first. Yes, it's National Pro Wrestling Day. Um, I will be there, and shortly after that, I will be on a three week tour of Japan. Uh, so oh. if you live in Japan, you can definitely come out and see me. But you're probably in America watching me. That's right awesome. Now. Where Where are you touring in Japan? Uh, I'm going out with Osaka Pro and okay. Don't Pro. So it'll be Rock Hiroshima and Osaka. Very cool. Yes. All right. Uh, and I'll be crying for three weeks straight <laughs> while he's gone. So if you want to come over to the house, maybe eat some cream and smell some wrestling gear, you can come hang out with me and do that while he's in Japan. Yeah. In the meantime, you and Haley Jane can follow me on Mass in Public, my, uh, my, uh, my happenings and my, my doodads and the things that uh, I get myself into in Japan. How old are you? Doodads? Earlier the WD right and how to do I made a Dolly Do-Right reference earlier today. Everyone was shocked. I'm called for it. was totally, it was inappropriate, actually. So come here. Look, you have to Hashtag Mass in Public. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, online. Also, while I'm at it, check out these guys. Defend Indian Wrestling. I don't know if you can believe it. I don't hate me right now. Let me go out in the UK. Mark Andrews and Pete Dunn, they did a tour of me. That's Kenny 
the same time. He also just wants to break my hand open. But yes, Mark Andrews, Mandrews, and... Pudick on, on Instagram. That and, is uh, his Instagram name. At <laughs> underscore England is uh, Pete Dunn. Um, those two men, you know... All right, thanks so much for talking to us, guys. I really appreciate it. Egyptian. Now my fucking kid is a big old baby and can't handle a man in a fake mask walking down the street. <laughs>